You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, 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 good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Pet Life Radio's own Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I am your host for the next 30 minutes, Dr. Jeff Warber, here sitting in, I know you're going to hate to hear it again, very sunny Southern California. I think we're hitting 80 today. In fact, it's one of those weird days that they expect midday, which is kind of around now, it's going to be at 80 degrees, but this evening is going to go up to 84. That's pretty unusual. Very rarely do we get warmer at in the evening than we are midday. So, uh, But the good news is, for those of us listening in the West, that Mammoth has now about a 70-inch base, which is way better than the 35-inch base I was up there a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we're finally starting to get some pretty good snow up there, and they're expecting snow over this weekend too, which makes me very happy. Anyway, just uh, want to once again, as we are sitting here at a beautiful uh, 1 o'clock here in mid-afternoon in Los Angeles on the West Coast, 4 o'clock back east, I feel for you watching the news this morning and seeing, what are they saying, 10 inches an hour, some insane amount of snow. So uh, I feel for anyone having to battle that in the east, but I'm certainly glad that I don't live there anymore. And I want to thank our sponsors. We are working with Pet Health Network. We are working with ProSense Pet Products, a great line of products that are basically veterinary quality products that you can find at the mass market level. Stores like Target, stores like Walmart, and a lot of your drug stores as well, even some Kroger's. So um, if you really want to help do your pets a favor, do your wallet a favor, go check out some ProSense products. So um, I want to hear from you. That's why I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here waiting to hear your phone calls. Get your messages here online at PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, you can call us live, 877-385-8882, and I'm here to answer your questions, so go ahead and ask. You can also join our chat when you uh, log on to Pet Life Radio. You'll see at the bottom, it says click here to join the conversation. Go ahead and click and join the conversation. Just enter in as a guest, and we will love you to uh, be here with us and um, kind of check us out and talk to us. Now, we had a really interesting case yesterday, and it brings to mind that which I will probably see, you will all see, a little bit more often come, well, whenever the weather does get better, but dogs running, dogs playing, dogs exercising. So one of my patients, a rather large pit bull, was at a dog park, and he was playing with some other dogs, as they are prone to do at the dog parks. Hopefully, you have dog-friendly dogs uh, if you're going to take your dog to a dog park. And the owner saw the dog with a one of these They weren't mini tennis balls. They were probably two-thirds the size of a regular tennis ball. And he sees this tennis ball in his mouth, and he's talking to a friend, and the dog's running and playing with the ball. And he says to his friend, oh, my God, hold on. I'll be right back. I just got to get the ball out of his mouth. In that minute, not even minute, in that second that he turned to look at his friend to say, I'll be right back, when he turned back around to walk towards his dog, no tennis ball. Gone. Finito. He says, oh, my gosh, no. Tell me. Dog's name is Timber. Tell me you didn't eat the tennis ball. And sure enough, he goes, he's looking all over the ground. He's looking, maybe the dog kicked it, maybe the dog played, maybe the dog ran by and grabbed it. No tennis ball. So the dog's acting totally fine. So he brings the dog in. And with that history that I I think my dog may have swallowed this tennis ball. To swallow a tennis ball whole is is, is actually a, a pretty good talent. So 
I uh, put the dog on the x-ray table. And sure enough, sure enough, what do you see clear as day on this x-ray is a tennis ball. I mean, the only thing that I've ever seen more clearly, a couple of things actually, is once a dog that swallowed, and it's so funny, the detail was so clear that you could see it, 36 cents. You could see the quarter, you could see the dime, and you could see the penny just by size and, and like subtle pictures. That's how amazingly clear the x-ray was. Then I had a dog once who thought, I guess by looking at too many commercials and watching the EverReady bunny, he thought it would do him some good to swallow two batteries. And he did. He swallowed two AA batteries. And boy, there is nothing that shows up more clearly on an x-ray than a battery. And um, you could see, see these two batteries sitting right in the stomach as if they were placed there purposely to give this dog an extra charge. But then came yesterday's tennis ball. Not actually a pretty clear picture. You could see the ball part, right, the rubber. You could see the fuzz outside of the circumference of the ball. And it was sitting there. And it's one of those things where we said to the owner, you know, we have really only one choice. Here's the problem. The problem is with a ball like that or any foreign object in a stomach that it's easier to get into the stomach than to get out. In order, for example, if you have a single solitary object that is of substantial size, it's usually not helpful to try to induce vomiting just for that because the object in the stomach has to line up exactly with the esophageal opening called the cardia where the esophagus comes down into the stomach in order for it to come back up again. And also, some of the things that dogs are prone to lick or chew or swallow got down, that's great. But to get them back up might actually cause some of the irritation. That's why we say if a dog gets into chicken bones, for example, do not, absolutely do not induce vomiting. Because you're lucky enough the thing got in there whole or however, didn't cut the esophagus, didn't scratch the esophagus, hopefully. But to make it come back up again the wrong way, you're looking for trouble. To reach in, so that's why, interestingly, when we have a single, like a solitary object that we think we can get to come out, we usually advise that owners will feed their dogs a bunch of stuff like bulk, like give them a half a loaf of bread or something for a big dog. And hopefully the, the object will get sort of intertwined within the bread. And then if you induce vomiting, then maybe it'll come up. And also the bread will act as a bit of a protectant. But the other problem is that on the other end, we have something called the pylorus. The pylorus is that part of the stomach. It's the outflow from the stomach itself to the duodenum. And that's an area where you've got to be very careful with because the pancreatic ducts, right, that supply the digestive juices from the exocrine pancreas, the digestive part, the digestive enzyme part of the pancreas, into the duodenum to help the digestive process. And the bile ducts all come into that area. So you've got to be very careful because you don't want anything to happen to that area, very difficult area to surgically repair. And you've got to be very cautious because of those ducts. So you always have to ask yourself, if you're going to get something that's going to cause you to need to go in, would you rather take it out somewhere up in the intestine where it might get stuck in a very, very challenging spot or take it out of the stomach, which is less technically challenging, by the way. So the only other option we could try to give them was going in with an endoscope and trying to grab the ball out. But the problem is the device that we use, they're little grabbers. They look like little claws that when you couldn't possibly get them around this ball, but they don't have the strength to, as soon as you're going to try to pull that ball out backwards in through the esophagus, and you have to go through that muscular ring at the cardia of the stomach, that the ball is going to fall right out of the grabbers. So that's going to be an exercise in futility. So bottom line, today, went into Timber's stomach, 
sure enough, took out this very, very, very whole, undigested tennis ball. As I was telling the owners when they, when they picked up, oh, sorry, we know we did the surgery yesterday. He went home today. And we told the owners that when they picked up this morning, that that was probably one of the most expensive tennis balls they're ever going to find. And that I asked them as we were discussing diet and certain things that we can do as for the next couple of weeks. And I totally advised them to take tennis balls out of the diet. I think that would be a wise thing because the one they certainly did not and do not want to go to this again. Now, when we did one more thing when we were in the stomach, and, I, and I'm going to recommend this as a definite, as a gimme to anyone out there listening, especially if you have a female of one of these breeds we're going to talk about. Might be a little more challenging for male, and I'll give you tell you why in an obvious reasons. But if you have a large breed, deep-chested dog, and that could be anything from your very large, like your Newfies, your Pyrenees, your Great Danes, your Irish Wolfhounds, to your large breeds, your Shepherds, your Rottweilers, your Dobies, your Labradors, your Golden Retrievers, etc. There is a condition that if it's never happened to one of your dogs, you're lucky, but it does happen quite frequently. And that is called gastric torsion. The stomach bloats up and because of movement, because of many factors that we're not even aware of, the stomach now turns 360 degrees on its own axis. And this is very, very dangerous. It is a deadly situation. It is a definite, true, immediate emergency. Typically, well, not typically, I would practice it 100% if the dog doesn't pass on its own. It is a surgical emergency. There's really no way to derotate the stomach. Many have tried different things. So the key really is you need to go in. And what happens when the stomach gets turned on itself and the cascade of new problems and complications that occur with this are, are really frightening spleen gets engorged, blood supply to the stomach is affected, can be cut off actually, requiring, depending on severity, the need to remove part of the stomach, often to remove part of the spleen, if not all of I mean, remove the spleen. It's just a, a disaster. So what we did with Timber yesterday, what I highly, highly advise that anyone who's even having one of these breeds spayed, so they're already under anesthesia, in surgery, have that ventral midline incision, having the dog fixed, that you opt if you are asked. And if you're not asked, you should ask for it. And that is G-Doc, while she is in surgery with her abdomen opened and you're doing the spay, please pexy the stomach. It's called a gastropexy. What we do typically, what we do is to the right side, we take that portion of the stomach as it's moving into the duodenum, Duodenum, small intestine, that's the right side. The stomach enters on the left, it cuts across the body, goes into the right side. That you actually attach, permanently attach the stomach to the inside of the thorax, the chest cavity on that right side. I will explain why in just a minute, but we have to take our break. Uh, I want to thank once again. Th- I, meanwhile, I have not seen the phone ring, 877-385-8882. So I want to see that phone ring once again, 877-385-8882. If you ever had a dog who bloated, had surgery, didn't have surgery, didn't make it, whatever, I want to hear from you. I'd love, I, we need to have our listeners understand the importance and the, the how important prevention can be with this condition. So stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with yours truly, Dr. Jack. 
We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T. Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> Hello, welcome back. You're here with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio. And before the break, we were talking about a very, very serious condition that we unfortunately see all too commonly in the large breed deep chested dogs. And that is called gastric torsion, GDV. It's called gastric dilatation. The, the stomach first gets big and volvulus. It, it, it turns around on itself. And it is severe because what it does is not only blocks off. The reason why it's so dangerous is that when that stomach, it's like taking a partially filled balloon, have someone hold all both ends and then someone in the middle twists it. So you can see how it's blocking off any entry or exit. So what happens? What is one of the byproducts of digestion and the bacteria in our stomachs? It's gas. Well, typically that gas can go in or out either way. It comes out one end, it can go out the other end. But when it can't, it continues to be manufactured and literally the stomach is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as it does and the wall gets tighter and tighter and the vessels coursing through that twisted portion start getting constricted. So now we lose blood supply and the spleen gets engorged 
and parts of the stomach get engorged and then start getting blue and the stomach wall gets, starts getting thin and you can actually have a stomach rupture. And when it does, or the spleen rupture, either way, it is a very painful demise. And something that when you see, or if you ever, the classic, classic presentation is you go out for dinner, your dog's left home inside or even outside the yard, anywhere, and you come back and the dog starts to try and you notice your pet dry heaving, vomiting, trying to vomit, but nothing's coming out. And you kind of look at him and you watch and feel his abdomen, his lower abdomen, and it's getting bigger and bigger, almost tight like a drum. And the dog is getting very weak. His color is getting pale. We call it tacky. Uh, His mucous membranes are drying up. He continues to try to vomit. Nothing's coming up. This is classic. This is get my dog into the car to the veterinary hospital immediately. And it's such a problem when we see it. And not every dog, even that you get there on time that has surgery, it's not automatic instant survival. Even with successful surgery, there are conditions that we have. First of all, there are clots that are possible. We have reperfusion concerns. And that is where you have a blood supply that's been shut off. And then you rapidly reopen this blood supply. That's called reperfusion. All of a sudden, these tissues are extremely rapidly being replenished with oxygen, that we can get the release of what's called free radicals, which is why obviously we, a, lot of, a lot of us, maybe even some of your pets, take antioxidants to gobble up these free radicals. But we can get a lot of free radical damage to very, very important tissues like the heart from this reperfusion injury. We can also have the release of clots from the repairing and reestablishing the normal anatomy of that stomach, sometimes having to take out the spleen in the process. So it's amazing the cascade of problems that follow from the GDV, from the gastric bloat and torsion. So what I recommend, and we offer it more than offer it, we we kind of insist on it, that when we are doing spays and we have that perfect sized young dog on the table, it's of one of the breeds at risk, we will tell the owner, you know what, while we're in here, while we're doing the spay, we really do recommend doing a pexy. Let's attach the stomach to the inside of the body wall at the right side by the the ribs. And by doing so, that stomach cannot tours. It can still bloat, but it can't tours. It can't twist because now the stomach is anchored to the body wall. And if you have any of these dogs, the large breeds, and you have not been in for a spay yet, a female, I would absolutely, as I said before, a 15-minute break that you need to talk to the veterinarian about doing this procedure. Now, the reason I mentioned earlier in the segment about males is that though, of course, you should do it as well, but I do recognize the fact that in a male, to do it while you're in for the neuter is much more of a stretch. I mean, when you're doing a neuter, especially if you're using laser as I am, all the surgery is being done in the scrotum. You're not even making any cuts in the body wall. And when you're doing a neuter the traditional way, your incision, your scalpel incision, is a pre-scrotal incision. It's right on the top of the prepuce, way back, just in front of the scrotum. Either way, you are nowhere near the abdomen. You don't need to cut into the abdomen to do a neuter. So to ask an owner at that point, the only common link you have is the fact that the dog is under anesthesia. But other than that, it's not really one and the same. At least with a female, you extend the incision cranially, meaning forward just a little bit, and you do your pexy. So uh, should you do it with a male, even though, you know, even though it's, you're nowhere near? Yes. You got the anesthesia already paid for, being done. 
go ahead and uh, if you got one of these breeds and you make the abdominal incision and just have your vet do it, it very much could save a life. Now, I don't know what your vet would charge for it. And I don't think that makes a difference. All that makes a difference is that whatever it costs you now as a young, healthy dog to add on that gastropexy, that procedure that attaches the stomach to the body wall, pales in comparison to what trying to save a dog from bloat would cost. Because that one is going to run you into the thousands of dollars to do everything. I mean, from soup to nuts, the testing, the x-rays, the decompressing, the surgery, the post-operative care, which, as I said, is very, especially with the first 72 hours after surgery, you know, we're very worried about the heart and the heart throwing what we call VPCs, getting heart rhythm irregularities. So you're in for a long haul. So to do something as a prophylactic procedure now, when you're already paying for anesthesia, boy, that's a no-brainer. Absolutely a no-brainer. So again, 877-385-8882. I just want to know if there's got to be, knowing how sadly frequency we see this, and you know, we even see it in boarding animals. It's not always that the uh, dog is, eats a big meal and then drinks a bunch of water and goes outside and plays. I mean, it is true that if you ever took your dog's dry food, poured the water that he would typically drink after eating onto the dry food, and let it sit there for an hour or two. You would be amazed to see what happens to the volume, the meaning the size that is taken up by that food. It probably triples. So when a dog gobbles their food dry faster than they can chew, and then they take a couple of big, big, big gulps of water, and then they sit and do whatever they do, that ingesta, that which is in the stomach, has grown by leaps and bounds, which then predisposes them to bloat, and it can be something as easily as lie down. Do you know that when we have animals here in the hospital, and let's say they're, we're doing a procedure and they're lying with their right side down, and they are whatever we're doing. We're doing teeth, we're taking a, a minor tumor off, but their right side is down, and now we want to flip them over to the left side. Now, the much easier way to do it would be to roll the dog on their backs from the right side being down flop them over, legs go up in the air for a second, and then you put them to their other side where they're, now their left side is down. And we don't do that. Why? Because we get so nervous that if that stomach has any volume, think about it, the stomach may not turn with you. The stomach is set. Gravity is doing its thing inside that chest cavity and that abdominal cavity. That stomach is there. When you go to roll the dog, you're basically, the stomach is staying stationary where it was, and you've rolled everything else around the stomach. So the concern is you actually could induce a problem. So what we do is we always turn them chest down. So we take their feet, we kind of tuck them under, and we roll them. So instead of their back ever touching the table, it's from right side. We lean them over to their left. The stomach rolls over, the chest and abdomen kind of you know roll over the, around the table, and then we put them to their left side down. And uh, that way, we don't run the same risk of having a problem with bloat or torsing, with twisting the stomach. So anyway, that's a lot to digest, pardon the pun, as we're talking about stomachs and bloats and eating. But if you have any questions, why don't you send me a text if this ever happened to you? If you've ever had a dog that bloated, I'd like to know. We'll share your story. Anyone whose story we use, anyone who calls, anyone who writes in, you get free ProSense products sent directly to you. So uh, that's a cool thing. That's a good thing. Let us know. Dog or cat will send you something out. And this will hopefully prevent you from being so bashful and not giving us a call. So thank you for joining me here on Let's Talk Pets, Pet Life Radio. 
Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, and we will be back here next Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. See you then. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.